Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. It's October 7th, 2023. Let's try to cut through all the smoke and talk real boxing. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, the pay-per-view numbers have come in for the Tyson Fury-Francis Ngannou fight, and folks, they are terrible. They're so bad that this might actually impact boxing in the Middle East going forward, right? Because understand, Eddie Hearn thought he had financing for the Anthony Joshua-Deontay Wilder fight only to have that fall apart. Right now, you can imagine if you're having a big fight and you had the festive atmosphere, as I said in an earlier video, for this Fury and Ganu fight, you had people like Larry Holmes showing up, right? Evanda Holifield, Ray Leonard, Ronaldo. They were there, but the pay-per-view fans weren't. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing that the Middle East is going to be hesitant to put on these fights that don't have two proven boxers in them. Now, you and I know, if Fury fights Ngannou again, there will be big pay-per-view numbers, right? But understand, the public was not sold on this fight before it happened, right? The feeling was that Tyson Fury's a dominant champ. The feeling was that Ngannou wanted a paycheck, hadn't been paid what he wanted from the UFC, had an ongoing argument with Dana, decided to be a boxer, right? That was the feeling. Let me point out, too, that by having the fight in a lucrative part of the world, but not a local part of the world, not London, not Vegas, not New York City, you missed a lot of the promotion. You didn't have the fighters showing up in Vegas, the Vegas press there, people talking about the fight in Vegas, right? You didn't have that. You had a sanitized promotion over in the UK. Let's face it too. Ngannou, as good as he is, right? Dominant in MMA, clearly, He's a boxer who could drop a reigning heavyweight champ, which is what happened in that third round. Clearly, he's a boxer who can, over a 10-round fight, land more power shots than a reigning heavyweight champ. But as good as he is, he doesn't have Conor McGregor's personality. Right? You're not buying whiskey based on ads of him sitting in a bar. He doesn't come across like McGregor, as a guy who would be sitting in a bar, right? McGregor, they didn't have to hire Mike Tyson to spruce up the fight. McGregor had the personality from his side of the aisle. Now, as boxing fans, we don't think about stuff like this. Promoters have to. People paying site fees have to. Right? And so just understand, 
this fight didn't have the dynamics that you had with Mayweather and McGregor. Also, the Mayweather who fought McGregor wasn't prime Mayweather, right? That Mayweather, people felt, was older, right? Mayweather was pretty much out of the ring. He was in retirement. So it gave that Mayweather-McGregor fight some credibility that this fight involving Tyson Fury, whose next fight is going to be for the undisputed heavyweight title against Usyk, right? This fight looked like a mismatch. Who knew that Ngannou would do as well as he did? Let's also be real on the economy. Right? Germany's in recession. You understand that you have wars going on in Ukraine, in Gaza. Right? People are a little bit nervous. The unemployment rate has been artificially low. Right? These governments are running up unprecedented amounts of debt. As I make this video, the debt in the United States is $33.7 trillion, with a T, dollars. When people are worried about their jobs, they're not going to blow $80 on a pay-per-view. This fight was mispriced. If it's a novelty fight, price it like a novelty fight, right? You can't go by just past prices because those fights took place at different times in the world economy. Right now, things are perilous, right? So just understand, this fight did far worse than Jake Paul against Nate Diaz. You know, we can criticize Ryan Garcia all we want. We can criticize Gervonta Davis all we want. That fight dwarfed this fight. Someone was left holding the bag because both Fury and Ngannou got a lot of money. Understand, there are no guarantees of profit when you're paying guys millions of dollars or pounds. So let's talk about where that leaves us. Right? These fights that we want to see that don't involve titles. Anthony Joshua, who is still, in my opinion, the cash cow in the heavyweight division. Right, Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder, that's a fight that's great. It's long overdue. Folks, if you're paying site fees, you're nervous. How do you know that that fight's not going to get the pay-per-view of this Fury and Ganu fight? Folks, you don't know that. Right, you just simply don't. You know, we laugh when we hear that Canelo is getting a lot of money to fight Jamel Charlo, a guy who's not even from his weight class or the weight class right below him, a guy jumping up two weight classes. Folks, Canelo is worth every dollar because Canelo doesn't have pay-per-view numbers like this Fury and Ganu fight had. Canelo's a cash cow. Right? So let me just say this fight, financial disaster. 
Now, sure, the rematch would get a lot of fans. Right? But we're not going to have a rematch anytime soon. It's interesting to see what Nganu does from here. It's an open question. If he's fighting somebody other than Fury or Usyk, what does the pay-per-view look like? Right, folks? This fight opened up a lot of questions. But let's answer one right here. As bad as Fury looked, and let's not kid ourselves, Carl Frampton thinks he lost the fight. Johnny Nelson, who was a very good champion, right? As was Frampton, Nelson believes that Fury has lost his legs. Folks, these guys were professional prize fighters. Carl Frotch looked at the tape again, said, you know, it was closer than I thought. He still hasn't gone to winning the fight. Right? Understand as bad as Fury looked. According to OddsChecker.com today, he's still the favorite against Usyk. Now, folks, let's think this through. Usyk, you can get it anywhere between a plus 160 right now and a plus 200. In other words, the current odds give Usyk less than a 40% chance of winning the fight. Less than a 40% chance. Right, folks, Usyk is clearly the betting side of the play. This is one of the worst outings of Tyson Fury's career. Let's face it, too, Fury hasn't exactly been active. Right? His fight before this one was against Derek Chisora. I'll give him the Dillian White fight. Dillian White was a legit level of competition for him. But we're in a heavyweight era. And Tyson Fury hasn't fought many of the major guys in the heavyweight division. Let me point out, too, that there are some fights that Tyson Fury could win, in my opinion, against credible opposition. And the reason it's important is that's how a heavyweight champ builds up a fan following so you get more pay-per-view buys, right? The numbers here were less than 100,000, folks. Andy Ruiz is devastating in the pocket. There's no question about that. But Ruiz doesn't have great legs. Tyson Fury has size. He has reach. He has movement. Couldn't he beat Andy Ruiz from the outside behind a jab? Why hasn't Tyson Fury demanded Ruiz as an opponent? In fairness to Tyson, he was all set to fight Geely Zhang. They agreed to terms. Joe Joyce then exercised his mandatory rematch clause. Right? I'm not blaming Tyson completely for being inactive. Obviously, certain things came together that contributed to him being inactive. Right? But all I can say is fighting Derek Chisora again, what was that, the third time? Folks, 
you have trilogies. When it's Bo Hollifield, when it's Ali Fraser, when you need a rubber match, or when there's real controversy. If you beat the guy the first time, and then you beat the guy the second time, <laughs> what's the point of the third fight? Now, I'll agree, too. Fury draws crowds in the UK. There's no question about that. Look at the crowd for the last Derek Chisora fight. But that led people to believe that Fury could fight a guy in his first fight and draw a pay-per-view crowd. He wasn't able to. So let's talk about Fury Usyk. Understand the problem Tyson Fury has, and it's a big problem. He cannot fight Usyk on his back foot. Folks, he has a problem against more coordinated, faster, smaller opposition. So you understand that he's going to try to be on his front foot against Usyk. Now, the people who believe Usyk doesn't have a punch clearly missed his fight against Tony Bellew. Let me point out, too, that the guys who have tested Usyk the most were guys like Maris Breedis at cruiserweight. Right? If Usyk knows you're going to try to be on your front foot against him. If he knows you're going to try to crowd him in the pocket, don't you think that predictability is going to help him? Right, folks, I'm just telling you that Tyson Fury is going to have a very hard time with Usyk. Very hard time. Right? In the pre-fight video for this Nganu fight, and keep in mind what we thought the fight was going to be. The over-under was something like four or five rounds. I said take the over. That delivered hell. The fight went the distance, folks. Now that was against Nganu, who's in the pocket, who is prepared to wrestle with Tyson Fury. And that's a key part of the fight. Fury realizing that he has a problem on his back foot, tries to come on his front foot against Nganu, and before Nganu wins out at the end of the eighth round, right? He's too tired to compete in the ninth and tenth rounds, in my opinion. That's what gives Fury the fight, right? When Nganu had his win, Nganu was able to deal with Fury as Fury tried to get deep in the pocket with him. Usyk's a southpaw. From distance, Usyk's going to win rounds, folks. If Fury tries to smother him, tries to bend over to go to his body, Fury's going to be giving away his height. The betting side of the play is clearly Usyk, if you could grab him at a plus 200, you need to. A hedge I would strongly consider would be the over in the Usyk fight. Let me point out, too, 
Maris Breedis tried to crash the pocket. The same guy who broke J.O. Bataille's jaw in two places in a fight he lost. Right? The same guy who went up to heavyweight and destroyed Manuel Char. That's a KO you need to look at on YouTube. Maris Breedis tries to crash the pocket against Usyk, who's fighting Breedis in Breedis' backyard. Usyk wins that war of attrition. Now, I'll agree, Derek Chisora is in the pocket against Usyk, probably gave Usyk his toughest fight as a heavyweight. And that includes the two fights Usyk had against Anthony Joshua. Right? My point to you is Fury is going to have a problem getting inside on Usyk. Usyk's going to be ready for him. That fight post Ngannou remains mispriced. Right? Let's continue, too. I see that Raymond Moritella is saying that Keyshawn Davis wouldn't be able to handle him if the two of them got in the ring. Folks, when you're a, long, a young lion like these guys, why are you fighting each other? Shouldn't a champion be your opponent? Right? My point to both Maratala and Davis is wait for a championship fight. Don't be self-defeating, fighting guys who may well be tougher than the champ is. Let me also say, too, I see that Devin Haney, who's tall, is trying to call out Shakur Stevenson. Right, folks, let's be real here. We're cutting through the smoke here. Devin Haney can't make 135 again. Devin Haney needs to fight at 140. Right, Shakur Stevenson is not a puncher at 135. How's he going to be a puncher at 140? Right, so I believe while the fight would be interesting and while the guys obviously have sparred in the past, Right? I don't see a Devin Haney-Shakur Stevenson fight happening anytime soon. If you saw Haney at weigh-ins for his last few fights at 135, he looked rail thin. He's at 140 out of necessity. I know Regis Progre looked terrible in his last fight. Looked terrible. Even got dropped. As I pointed out here online in the post-fight video, against a non-puncher. But that's not the only reason Devin Haney's fighting him. By the way, I think Haney's making a mistake fighting Regis, but that's another story. No, no, Devin Haney has to fight him. Because Devin Haney can no longer make 135. I give Haney credit for fighting Cambosis and for fighting Lomachenko before he left the division. 
right? If he calls out anyone at 135, it should be Gravante Davis, who, of course, held the belt at 140 for a stretch. Just food for thought. Well, anyway, that's how I see it. Let me say this, too. Jack Catterall is calling out Teofimo Lopez. Now, that's a riveting fight. I thought Sander Martin, a lefty, gave Teofimo all he could handle. And understand, Sander Martin moves. Sander Martin has legs. Sander Martin is moving away from the pocket. Now, Catterall shocked me his last fight. He's much better than advertised, right? But Catterall does not have Sander Martin's legs, right? So it's an open question. Keep in mind, too, Sander Martin beat Mikey Garcia, right? So it's an open question, quite frankly, on exactly how Teofimo Lopez would do against Jack Catterall. That fight's being discussed. That's an excellent fight. That's an excellent fight. Anyway, that's how I see it. Let me hear from you. The Fury pay-per-view was awful. Was awful. Almost as bad as Fury looked at times in that fight. Right? So... We now have Fury against Usyk. Look, I believe Usyk got dropped by Daniel Dubois. I know people disagree with me. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll live with that. But my point to you, though, is that when Usyk was upright, he looked a hell of a lot better against Daniel Dubois than did Tyson Fury against Ngannou. Right? The casinos are making a mistake giving you up to a plus 200 right now on Alexander Usyk. I believe you need to take that. Fury wins the last two rounds against Ngannou on his back foot behind a jab with movement. He does not have that option against Usyk. If you think I'm making the